Broadcasting from Alito to Alton, from Champaign to Chicago, and from Robinson to Rockford, this is the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com. Say hello to October. Fall is here, and so are we. Larry Smith, Mike Kangley, Brad Sturdy. Uh, are you guys pumpkin spice fans? Is that your thing? I, I love pumpkin stuff. I mean, this is fall. I think October is the best month of the year. If you think about it, college football, college basketball starts, Major League Baseball playoffs, the NBA is coming back. What more can you ask for? Yeah, I, I was more of a posh spice myself, but if we're talking to Spice Girls, but I would... I definitely like pumpkin spice as well because it's edible. If it's edible, how about hey Mike? Do they make pumpkin spice pizza? I Have don't. Seen that? I don't know. I don't. Maybe know, they should. You know, Maybe October gives should. you October gives you candy corn and those little pumpkins. What a great month! Just bit a hole in my tongue. Okay. <laughs> well, this may be the first weekend you feel like grabbing some hot chocolate at the game. <laughs> so I'm going to move past that. Boy, I had some things that would not have cleared the sensors. I was going to say uh, it's Illinois at Wisconsin, tough place to play fellas at a venue where Illinois hasn't had much success lately. Uh, lots to talk about ahead of the 11 AM Saturday kickoff from camp Randall stadium. And you know, last week, John McAvick was sitting in that hot seat right there as our first interview guest on the show. He was fantastic. So how do you top that? How about our first guest? Who wears a crown? None other than former Miss America, Erica Harold. Yeah, we can't wait to talk to her. She's standing by just a few minutes away. Uh, that's coming up. Also, many Illini fans can't wait for basketball season. Well, the countdown is on. Preseason practice began on Monday, six weeks exactly before the regular season tips off. Um, six newcomers in all from last season, but Brad Underwood talking about why he thinks this group of four freshmen is really special. I've been very, very pleased with all of our freshmen. Uh, they have done a great job of picking up things. This is a cerebral group. Uh, and, they've, and, and they ask a lot of questions, which is really unique. Uh, usually we don't get guys that, that want to ask questions if they don't understand stuff. This group has been um, way above average in, 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 those, in those areas. Yeah, you know, they've got a freshman group that is, um, I think that what separates this group is is they're extremely, um, they have high basketball IQs and they really have a, a, a willingness to learn. Um, they want to learn, about, you know, sometimes you get these guys that come in thinking they're really good and I'm this and that because they've been told that their whole lives. These guys are different. I mean, they're, they've obviously, they're obviously good. But they they have a drive and kind of an inner. They want to get better, and they all have really high goals and high expectations, and and that's what you want out of a, a freshman group. Yeah, and even even the fact that you talk to them and you listen to interviews, and they factor in things like uh, Fletch as the strength and conditioning coach and what he can do to help them improve their game. That tells me that you have a much more mature thought process versus, you know, I want to go there because NIL money or whatever. Um, and 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 Coach Underwood can really um, work with a bunch of guys who want to get better. 
Well, I think you've got a, an interesting mix as well. You've got Dane Danger, who's a sophomore, but really hasn't played much. So it's almost like his first season of competition in, in some respects. But among these four freshmen, um, you know, you're right. You've got Ty Rogers, who, you know, just won a world championship, right, with Team USA. I mean, it gets no bigger than that. Uh, Sky Clark, of course, a, a five-star kid. Uh, you know, he's been a highly recruited prospect. Um, Jaden Epps and, and Sincere Harris um, are nothing to sneeze at. They're outstanding. But when you've got the kind of talent on this team, uh, Brad, to your point, how different is that where obviously, like you said, there's a learning curve. And so there's a there's speed of the game is going to be different. But but it seems that the one thing hearing you talk and hearing Coach Underwood talk, it, it feels like this is a different feel where possibly these kids can kind of pick things up a little faster and be play a bigger role earlier as a freshman than maybe we have seen on the Illini roster in years past. Is that fair? Yeah, I think that is fair. And I, I was actually, it's interesting. I was talking to Illinois strength and conditioning coach, uh, Adam Fletcher, and, and that we mentioned earlier and Fletch talked about how them getting here, they, they arrived in May and they had just a, a few extra weeks than what they normally get or have gotten. And then with COVID, they didn't get any, but, um, but they, they get those few extra weeks. And he said, these kids are just a little bit stronger, a little bit more, they're a little bit more developed now because of that extra time that they got to work in the strength and conditioning program and got to get to, you know, work out with the team in some of these summer drills and things like that. And I, I just think they're a little bit ahead of most freshman classes because of those things. Yeah. And, and I think the, like I said, the interesting thing is you have the raw talent, you have that desire to play. And then, um, you know, Coach Underwood was very clear when we talked to him at the Illini guys golf outing that basically he goes, I don't determine playing time. How well they play in practice determines playing time. Yeah. So it gives kids who are motivated the opportunity to go out and prove themselves. Now, I'm not saying that they're all going to start. That's not my point. The point is, is that they understand that if they are committed and they are can produce positive results they will have the opportunity to get on the floor that's all you can ask from a coach is to give you that opportunity brad you mentioned something a minute ago and i'm going to kind of put you on the spot here um so you know fletch talking about the the young guys coming in um in late may obviously the veterans older guys already here they're already a little more physically developed because they're older um what do we know about this team now uh in the first weekend of october that we didn't know say back in mid-june well, I think the one thing when you talk to the coaches in the summer, balls were flying everywhere in practice. I mean, they're trying to get them to play fast and things were just going haywire. I mean, balls are going out of bounds and, you know, you're thinking, oh, my gosh, we're terrible. And then then but it, at the end of the summer, it clicked. There were a couple of days when it finally started to click and you could see it. And then they came back and they continued and it clicked. This is a team that has great length, great athleticism. And they're really learning how to play basketball the right way and with each other. And I think that's the biggest step is now they know each other. Um, and, and that, that kind of, maybe it's, uh, you know, what synchronicity for lack of a better term between the players. Yeah. And, and it gives them a perfect time. Now they've got a chance. They've kind of got their sea legs now and it's time to prepare for a season and, of course, Illini fans have to remember that that, that schedule is front-loaded with some tough games. So they're going to be uh, learning and learning quickly. So it is going to be a spectacular 
uh, season. And, and we're only, what, four or five weeks away? I mean, we can't wait. On, on Monday, this coming Monday, will be five weeks away from the opener, November 7th, Monday night against our EIU Panthers, baby, coming into the SFC. And uh, But you know what? I'm going to stop it right there because anytime you get a police reference on this show, it's time to uh, celebrate. Uh, still to come, thank you, Mr. Sturdy, the helmets that you will be talking about next week. That's uh, on the way, something the likes of which we haven't seen before. But after a break, here she comes, former Miss America, U of I grad, Erica Harold here on the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com. Slow down, they say. You're getting older. Relax. Seriously, you're on a mission. You've got places to go, grandkids to see. At OSF Healthcare, we want you to be the best you possible, whoever you are, wherever you're going, whatever your mission is. We're here to support it because that's our mission. Your life, our mission. Learn more at osfhealthcare.org slash your way. Planning to repair or upgrade your home or place of business? Whether it's a leaky roof, windows or door, worn out siding or paint, outdated kitchen, bathroom or basement, look no further than HX Home Solutions, your one-stop shop for remodeling inside and out. Trusted by Chicagoland since 1950, find out why HX gets an A-plus rating by the Better Business Bureau. Call today, 224-880-6000. That's HX Home Solutions, 224-880-6000. Mention code NCAA and schedule your free estimates. Once again, 224-880-6000, HX Home Solutions. AtlantaGuys.com always has a seven-day free trial, insider info, in-depth features. Find out why in less than two years, more than 1,000 people have joined our little online community and gained access to our politics-free, insult-free Message forums. That's right. We don't play. IlliniGuys.com. This Newsmaker segment presented by Busey Bank. And Mr. Sturdy, who are we talking to today? See, you guys get visit. You guys get guests on this show. I mean, I get like legit guests. I mean, my, check this out. It's Miss America. It's Miss America. This month, 20 years ago, Urbana Native and U of I grad, Erica Harold was named Miss America and she joins us now. Woo! Thank right. you for having will... me. Thank you for that introduction. Yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. See, I I we know that we'll never be Mr. America, so we 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 you know, we just have to kind you, of bow. You never know. You so... never know. Don't sell yourself short, so. <laughs> well, we we definitely know Mike will never be Mr. America. So we know I won, that. So I won Mr. <laughs> Northwood's drive in Muhammad. <laughs> I was the only contestant. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody had to win. Somebody there was only me in it. So yeah, it was pretty, it was awesome. I was unanimous. Yeah. <laughs> so Erica, I got reason you're on the Illini guy sports spectacular here is because you're a huge Illini fan, right? I mean, you are, uh, you grew up in fan. Urbana. I'm, I was born and raised in Urbana, which means that I bleed orange and blue and have from the day I was born. And my dad actually pitched for the U of I baseball team. My mom ran track at the U of I. I have some God siblings who played at the U of I. And so I consider myself a super fan, a super fan of the highest sort. So that's a lot of athletic genes there. So what, what sports did you end up playing or did you just compete through high school? 
So I wish you had not asked that. And I should have anticipated that that was the natural follow up. <laughs> I'm the only member of my family who not only is not good at sports, but is actually bad at sports. <laughs> my my claim to fame was scoring a basket for the wrong team on the eighth grade girls basketball team. <laughs> That's excellent. <laughs> right. And I've heard that it's happened to many great people. So I hope that it puts me in good standing with at least some group of athletes. But I cheer for people. I, I'm the encourager in chief is what I am. I will tell you, here's a great story about that. I, I once had a kid who led both teams in scoring in a basketball game. Really good player. Just got confused. And he was dominating. So it happens to the best of people. Thank you for saying that. That's very kind of you. Well, um, you might have done that, but I think that um, you've done a few things in life. So maybe you've kind of one up them, I guess. Right. You, you, yeah, well, it's, you got the last I, I've been I've been able to use sort of adversity to propel me forward. <laughs> Had I been able to be like my siblings and earn scholarship money through athletics, it probably would not have motivated me to enter the Miss America pageant. Um, I entered the pageant because I'd been accepted to Harvard Law School and didn't have a way of paying for it. And so I saw that you could earn scholarship money by competing. And that was my motivation to compete. So I would actually say the lack of athleticism is hopefully what propelled me to some sort of greatness. <laughs> that's a great story. That's awesome. That's true. That's, that's why we're on the radio is because our lack, lack of, of athleticism. You know, no, our, the way we look. You know, we I, look I like think, this. So I think we have we to do radio. We have to use lack of athleticism to propel us to all sorts of places in life. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's good. So, you know, you mentioned going to Harvard Law School. I mean, like, and, and I'm not trying to be, you know, you know, toot your horn or anything like that, but that's like big time going to Harvard Law, right? I mean, that's like, unless you're like, you know, I don't know, maybe you're, um, what was the, what was the, you know, legally blonde or something legally like blonde. that. Maybe if you're legally blonde, maybe if you're Reese Witherspoon in that movie, it, it's easier than, than it looks, but Harvard law school, that's big time. Right. And so you, you, but you graduated with honors, had a lot of accolades there uh, after attending the university of Illinois. And, and so I, I just have to ask like, so what was that like? I mean, what's that like uh, attending a school like that, that is such high end. I don't talk to a lot of Harvard law graduates. It was such a surreal and exciting experience. When I opened the acceptance letter, just something about, about it felt exhilarating. I can't say, I mean, maybe that was my kind of national championship moment opening that letter, but Harvard Law School was everything that I hoped it would be. It was intellectually rigorous. Probably the highlight for me was competing in move court because it, there were teams that competed against each other. And if your teams reached the finals, you got to argue a case in front of the Supreme Court justice. And so my team, we made the finals and my team selected me to be one of the oralists. And I had the opportunity to argue my case in front of a Supreme Court justice. And it was an exciting experience. My parents came to watch. And it's extremely nerve wracking because they're absolutely going to ask you some questions that you don't know the answer to. But it just felt exciting to be in that moment and to feel like I was really challenging myself to kind of the best of my ability. I will also tell you, they had some sports teams. There was, they had different, you could play kind of 
intramural basketball teams. And so I was also involved in, um, there was a Harvard Christian Fellowship. And so we had a basketball team and I went to the first game and saw that there were legitimate former college athletes on other teams. People had their mouthpieces in. And I thought, I am not about to break teeth, break limbs in intramural law school basketball, because if you get injured and that's the story you have to tell, that's super embarrassing. <laughs> I, I can only imagine the amount of uh, athletes that were out there with just trying to show each other, you know, I can, I can do better than you. That, that must've been fun. Um, so when, when you, you, you had the opportunity to um, go to Harvard law, you've, you've done and, and won Miss America. So what, what then do you do to kind of help out in society and, and what kind of causes do you have that you've decided, okay, I want to, I want to put my effort and my name and my background towards. Thank you for that, because one of the things that's the main job of being Miss America is to select a platform and to try to make an impact in society. And my platform was preventing youth violence and bullying. And I chose that based on my own experience being the victim of bullying when I was in high school. I ultimately had to transfer to a different high school. And what I recognized is that people have certain stereotypes about the kind of person who's bullied. People also have certain stereotypes about the kind of person who becomes Miss America. And they're not the same stereotype. And I wanted to show kids that you could define yourself on your own terms. You were not limited by the negative things that other people said about you. And I wanted to use my story to try to inspire not only kids to stand up for each other, but also schools to enact policies to help better protect students. And at the time that I was advocating this, many people just viewed bullying as an adolescent rite of passage. They would say, I experienced bullying when I was a kid. Kids just need to toughen up. It was very much a, why are we talking about this as an issue? But when I talked about the real impact on so many kids and the fact that kids deserve to go to school to feel safe, to be able to learn, and that as adults, we have to be the ones to set the standard and to protect them, it really started to shift the way people viewed things. And now every school has policies to protect students, and we would never think it acceptable to just allow a child to suffer in silence. And so I was, that's probably the thing of which I'm most proud during that year because I was able to partner with a lot of national organizations to get public service campaigns to raise this as an issue. And some of my most cherished possessions are letters I received from kids all across the country saying that my story inspired them to believe that they were worth something, that they had value, and that it inspired them to keep going in their life. I think that is awesome. And you're right. What a legacy to um, that you left during your time as Miss America. Talking with Erica Harold here on this Newsmaker Line presented by Busey Bank, the former Miss America U of I grad and uh, right now living in Chicago. So as we talked to you at the top, you're obviously still a huge Illini fan. Um, tell us right now, how closely do you follow the teams? Are you following football? Are you a basketball fan? Or tell us about your fandom and what you think of what's uh, going on in the U of I athletic world right now. I'm definitely following both teams. I think I, I am trying to get a Chase Brown for Heisman campaign going. So if anybody can try to get that, come up with a clever hashtag because 
there needs to be a marketing campaign to make that happen. I think he's having a really special season and it's a lot of fun to be able to watch him. So I know you have great listeners. Tell them to get on that campaign. Love it. I think I I think I boldly predicted an eight and four season for them, and I'm not taking it back. <laughs> love it. I love it. I think let's see. I think you have to be bold. Yeah, you do. And 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 own that. I think a good one would be look at what Brown does for you. Oh, okay. That's right. Larry's gonna love, walk right into would, trademark issues. That's right. <laughs> if you could do some sort of use your influence to have some sort of contest, get your listeners to come up with the right catchphrase or hashtag, and we can get that going. That can then be our legacy for this year, too. That's right. <laughs> it started right here on the sports. That's League. right. I'm also definitely excited about the basketball team because. I really think both programs are in a place where the pieces are gelling. I have great confidence in both coaches. I think they put together a good staff and there's real enthusiasm. I think Josh Whitman is doing a great job as AD. And so I think right now it's a fun time to be an Illini fan. I've been with them in tough seasons and good seasons. And I would say there are lots of people who I think are going to want to jump on the bandwagon and we will accept them in Illini Nation. Yeah, the more the merrier. Come on along. Maybe it's like, maybe we could do it on the chase down. Chase down the Heisman. That's a good one too. I don't know. I like yeah, it. I'm seeing some strong candidates here. Let's keep, I mean, let's keep them coming because I mean, so much of sports, especially as somebody who was born and raised in Champaign-Urbana, uh, the momentum, the morale of the community really does rest in large part upon the university, the success of the teams. And growing up, it was fun to be able to kind of meet some of those athletes I remember being probably a fan of the Flying Illini. You were able to see them in the mall and to get their autographs. I still had my Kendall Gill autograph. I think that that's kind of the special part of growing up in a Big Ten community. You're able not just to see the wins, but you're able to see them in your community and to root for them and have a real vested interest. Yeah, it is. It is fun. As you can see, you know, I've got posters all around me, you know, all these Illini posters. So I got to ask, what's your best piece of Illini memorabilia? Maybe you just mentioned it, but what's your best piece? Well, so I, I do like that autograph a lot because I really enjoyed it. I have some ticket stubs from games that I enjoyed. One thing, it's not necessarily memorabilia, but when I was Miss America, I was able to sing the national anthem with the men's glee club for, I believe it was the homecoming game. So it was my first time back in the state. So there were pictures of that. And I think those I really enjoyed because it was the closest that I, a non-athlete would get to actually being on the field and being cheered for by the fans. <laughs> that was my experience. <laughs> well, I have to ask one Miss America question. Yes. You know, when you have the person who's, going to go to Harvard Law School, University of Illinois, success. Were there any people, any of the contestants who answered some of the questions that you literally just had to bite your tongue? Now, it's it's been a few years, so you can actually reveal that to us, and we <laughs> won't tell anybody. So it'll just stay no, amongst the four of us. I hate to disappoint you, but no. And I just, I was on Facebook doing kind of 
a retrospective of my of my year and the group of women with whom I competed. And there were really intelligent women that were part of my group. Uh, a lot of lawyers, women who are doctors, one person who's advanced in politics. And I think the sad thing is I don't have any of those kind of stories to tell because I really was competing with other women who wanted to serve their community, wanted to earn money for school, and were genuinely good people. I, I remember after I won, one of the contestants actually invited me to read scripture in her wedding. She got married soon after, which I really appreciated because it kind of spoke to the bond that we had that transcended the competition. So I really can't say enough good things about the other women that I competed with. I know that makes for a less exciting answer, but there's really a lot of camaraderie that can be found. And it kind of goes to show that you could be fiercely competitive, want something, but still have that sense of fair play and respect for your opponents. Because there were definitely people where I thought I could see the judges frowning them. They bring a lot to the table as well. And you just hope that there's something that you have in your story, in what you want to do to make an impact that makes the judges feel like you're the right person to wear the crown. Perfect. I would think, too, that it, it also is a testament to the respect that the other women had for you as well. And it sounds like that was reciprocated you for them. Well, thank you. It's it, it really was kind of a once in a lifetime experience because I did not grow up competing in pageants. And so I felt very much kind of out of my league and out of my element and really hoped that if I just gave it my best and I did prepare for it like it was a competition and hoped that I would be able to have something to make an impact. And I still am active in trying to go to schools and speak to young people when I have the opportunity. And most of all, I want them to know to not be limited by their circumstances. If you have a dream, if there's something that you want to accomplish, go for it. And even people who are not young, if you're still living, there's still an opportunity to pursue the things that are on your heart and to try to make a difference. So Mike, there you go. You can still own your own pizza place. You can do <laughs> well, it, Mike. Yeah. My cause of trying to get everybody to eat pizza I'm not How's nearly that going? As, it's I, well, I'm pretty good, but I'm not as effective as you are. I mean, look at this, the, look at the progress we've made in bullying since you started, since you did your stuff. I mean, I, I was feeling good about myself, but now all of a sudden I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I feel like best. America will join you on the pizza advocacy. Again, it's, it's all about branding. It's all about marketing and it's all about your story. So if you haven't yet shared about your personal experience with pizza, then you're missing out an opportunity to be hashtag relatable. Yeah. yeah. He, he oh, I have. He does. Yeah. He can, Mike, Mike could start his own political party, the pizza party. Yeah. And I Ooh. think we'd get a lot of followers. I think you would. I think you'd get we, some great traction. We we would be we wouldn't be very svelte, but we would get a lot of followers. And people would rather see pizza commercials right about now than any other commercials they're That's seeing. Right. That's that is for sure. That was the minute oh, So yeah. I, I wait. I got to ask a Harvard and really important Harvard question. Okay. Like, so let's say you're in court or you're you're in trouble. Like let's say you're you're on trial. Do you want L. Woods or Harvey Specter? to be your defense attorney. I mean, those are your two options and we know they're both very successful. Which you one you got to pick? Woods. 
You want, you want L Woods because you want someone who knows the law, but you want somebody who's got the personality too, because the job of being an effective trial attorney is to have good law on your side, good facts, and then the ability to sell and deliver. So anytime you can get L Woods on your side, that's who you need to be hiring. And, and excellent fashion sense as well. Well, that is that is right. It's a sartorial sense of talent that they bring. I love that. By the way, let's let's write that down. First time the word sartorial was used on the Sports Spectacular. So she brings (laughs) he's bringing game. We we only have like we only have like four listeners who know what that means. I'm bringing my A word game. (laughs) Yeah, well, this may be the the B show because, you know, we're looking slightly confused. (laughs) <laughs> I love it. Oh my, Erica, we could talk with you uh, this entire hour, but we know you have better things to do. Um, thanks. Thanks for being here. I mean, this has been a lot of fun and I hope that you'll come back again later on, like toward the end of football season. Let's kind of see how that eight and four mark, how close you are. And, yes. uh, and we'll work on that Heisman campaign as well for Chase. Yes. If we can get the hashtag going and he gets nominated, then I want an opportunity to come back so I can claim all the credit as if I did something. Well, absolutely. Absolutely. We do that stuff all we the time. We do that a lot. That's what we do. <laughs> we take credit for everything. That's right. Erica, what is your uh, Twitter handle in case people want to follow you? I'm at Erica Harold. Easy enough. There it is. Follow me, especially if you're a line eye. I try to give some play by play. You'll get fandom, not criticism. So unabashed fan. Love it. Well, we are, it is so exciting uh, to meet you here and that you spent some time with us. Thanks so much. We look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you for having me. All right. Erica Harold, U of I grad, Harvard Law, uh, Miss America. She was Miss Illinois before that. We, of course, if you follow, you got to be Miss Illinois before you this. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, former Miss America. And she is here on the Newsmaker Line presented by Busey Bank. Um, please come back again. It's been so good to talk with you. And uh, with laughs, we'll continue. We know next time we do spend some time with you. Still to come, the NCAA misses again. That's next on the Illini Guys Radio Network. At Busey Bank. We understand you have a vision for your future, and we're committed to helping you achieve your dreams. Since 1868, we've invested in recruiting and retaining the best and brightest associates. Busey's unique culture is one that values and supports you, provides opportunities for growth, and is much more than a job. It's a career. Build relationships, build community, and build your career at Busey Bank. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Join BigSportsRadio.com and get a chance to win cash each week. BigSportsRadio.com keeps you in the know with the latest news of your favorite Big Ten teams and gives you five chances each week to win a $100 cash prize. Sign up today for free at BigSportsRadio.com. Hello, this is John Makovic, former coach of the Fighting Illini, and I sure enjoy listening to the Illini guys on their sports spectacular. Larry Smith, Brad Sturdy, Mike Kegley, talking about things you don't see very often in that line of conversation. Brad takes us to Oxford, Mississippi. Um, this is a look that's, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to do with this. Yeah, it's, it's the wave of the future because it's all about the money. And so you're going to find ways to get money. And the, the real tree... Uh, Mrs. Ole Miss helmets. Um, it, it's going to be interesting to see where this starts. Now, the, the, the one thing that's going to be weird about this is what do you do? So you got these, you got all these uniform requirements and different things, and so you got a sponsor. 
what, how do you tell a kid he can't wear this thing if he gets an endorsement from this company or this thing? It's going to be really weird how all this plays out in this NIL. We're still early on, and uh, but th- this is this is intriguing to see these corporate helmets uh, for Ole Miss Kentucky. I, I'm going to be uh, I want to I want to see this. Yeah, I mean, look, it, it it went from show me the money to show me the revenue stream. So at some point, maybe we'll see the fighting Illini with their Illini guy football helmets. That would be a that would be a perfect way to go. I mean, obviously, there's a synchronicity and a beauty to that. Um, you know, I I don't think I think we're going to see it much more like what you would see European soccer um, over the next few decades. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm still a bit of a purist. I mean, you guys are exactly right. It's it's the wave of the future with NIL. Here it is. Uh, but boy, I, I think on the uniform is one thing, but on a helmet, it's just especially college football such tradition. Uh, to see that change. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see it. And certainly we'll be talking about it. Well, not far away from Oxford is the great city of Mississippi, where the University of Memphis Tigers exist, where they got a love tap from the NCAA this week for the uh, pretty serious penalties that they um, in, in infractions that they committed a few years ago. Yeah, it's it just shows that the NCAA really doesn't have any teeth anymore. Um, James Wiseman was con- declared ineligible. He played anyway, and they said, oh, yeah, you have to forfeit those games. But, hey, eh, that's all you got. Eh, it was to slap you on the wrist. It wasn't even a slap on the uh, – love tap is a great way to describe this. But, uh, but, in, but of course, then you're, if you're Oklahoma State, you're thinking in your head, like, wait a second, then why did we get a postseason ban? Yeah. What is going on? There's just a lack of consistency in the NCAA penalties, and, and I think that's what gets people really frustrated by all of this. Yeah, and Josh Whitman spoke this summer to the sports media and talked about how the um, NCAA, you know, hadn't really earned uh, the trust of the sports fans and the the university's institutions. And I think we saw another example of the fact that there's really no reason to not push the limits because nothing is going to happen if you get caught because – I don't know if there's a such thing as a, as a, you know, a pet, a Manny petty for your wrist, but that's pretty much what the NCAA gave him. I mean, there was, there was nothing there. It was a nothing burger punishment. I picture like, you know, if you're, when your two-year-old like does something wrong and you kind of take him by the hand and the light tap on the hand kind of thing, like a, like a grand, mm-hmm. like a grandparent spank. No, yeah. no, no. Now, now Penny, now, please now. don't do that again. Or a dog, yes, bad dog, bad, dog, bad tiger, bad tiger. <laughs> Got one of the, one of the, you're exactly right. I remember years ago, I was at the final four. I think it was 2008 in San Antonio and talking with the coach um, who was saying, hey, watch the, the Indiana situation with Kelvin Sampson because he had all these uh, alleged violations. And he said when he was on the competition committee, he said, watch what happens if they don't shut that place down. It's going to become the wild, wild west because he basically he's done everything wrong. That and so Indiana kind of deserves sort of like the death penalty. And although it, you know, Kelvin Sampson did burn it down to the ground in the end, um, Indiana survived and their punishment was simply being really bad for three or four years. But there was really mm-hmm. nothing in terms, nothing else done. And it has been the wild, wild west ever since. And in fact, the things that were illegal then, some of them are legal now. Like he was a thing with cell phones. I mean, I joked on the headline news that Kelvin Sampson used his phone as if he was a teenage girl talking to you know, her boyfriend <laughs> across the street, across town. So um, a lot of stories there we'll save for another time, but yeah, there you go. Okay. 
uh, Miami Marlins pitcher, first guy since 1900. You guys see this? Three balks in the same at bat. The guy went from first base all the way to home in the same at bat, just from balks. Yeah, I've never seen that. I, I now, okay, I've seen it in a, um, um, I guess it's one of those things that I've seen a softball player. It happened with like illegal pitches, but it's usually someone who's consistent. I, as I understand this, this dude had never had a balk in his career and had three in the same at bat. I mean, that's, that's hard to do. Well, if, if he's like anybody else in America, he may have a hard time defining what a balk is. Um, and I don't know. I don't know that I've seen that other than maybe a really, really old Bugs Bunny where he had some issues, you know, but I, I don't, I, I got nothing on this one. I mean, I didn't even think this was possible. Kind of sums up the Marlins season in a microcosm, doesn't it? Uh, Richard Wire <laughs> was his name. Uh, by the way, his manager, Don Manley, earlier in the week, uh, found out he is not going to be back as manager next year. Uh, he got ejected for coming out and arguing. And he said, as soon as I came out of the dugout, I knew I was gone. And uh, look, let's face it, you're gone anyway. So um, this, this is, this is <laughs> a way to finish up uh, your tenure there um, by making um, history in one of the worst and unique ways possible. And one that may never happen for another 100 years, 120 years, 122 years. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, the Marlins, three balks. No balk in here. We uh, know exactly what we are doing. Keep it here. Much more to come after this. You're tuned in to the Sports Spectacular on the Illini Guys Radio Network. A tradition of excellence over 150 years in the making. At Busey Bank, we're committed to building relationships that span generations. Wherever your journey in life leads you, we are with you along the way, creating a legacy for you and your family. Busey Bank, building business, Growing wealth since 1868. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Member FDIC. Planning to repair or upgrade your home or place of business? Whether it's a leaky roof, windows, or door, worn out siding or paint, outdated kitchen, bathroom, or basement, look no further than HX Home Solutions, your one-stop shop for remodeling inside and out. Trusted by Chicagoland since 1950, find out why HX gets an A-plus rating by the Better Business Bureau. Call today, 224-880-6000. That's HX Home Solutions, 224-880-6000. Mention code NCAA and schedule your free estimate. Once again, 224-880-6000, HX Home Solutions. You know, we have been saying it all summer, and we will continue to say it. The Big Ten isn't done expanding. UCLA and USC, the biggies in late June, breaking away from the Pac-12 to join the Big Ten coming up in 2024. Some new reporting this week from Dennis Dodd of CBSSports.com certainly backs it up. And, and guys, if you read through this, he actually says, and, and I haven't seen this said anywhere, everything I've always seen is that this Pac-12 school or that Pac-12 school wants into the Big Ten. This is the first one saying the Big Ten is actively pursuing those Pac-12 schools. And then the article says if this happens, and I think we all think it's going to eventually, if they do get the four schools from the Pac-12, that conference will basically will cease to exist. And I think that's not a that's not a surprise to us. Yeah, I think the Pac-12 is on its last leg. I, I think you're going to see some of them migrate into the Big 12, and then some of them are going to migrate into the Big Ten. And uh, we're going to have a whole new college athletics landscape with, um, you know, with this conference realignment. It's interesting though. 
you know, if we talk about the Big Ten pursuing them, I think that's interesting because I think the Big Ten has certain maybe a little bit different parameters than other conferences because they have such a, you know, their academics are such a big part of this. And so um, as they go through this, I, I think the one the one thing I wonder is, will they get a full share too, or will they get a, you know, a partial share? So it, that, I think that's an interesting situation. Yeah, I think it's going to, it's going to be very interesting, especially if Washington state and Oregon state end up, you know, maybe going to the mountain West, um, that'll cause a little bit of consternation out, out in probably their legislatures. You might see a little bit of this dramatic, but, you know, ultimately futile, uh, gestures by the legislatures of those States, very similar to what's going on in California with the UCLA breaks, um, that are going on. But I think really what you're going to see is the big 10 is looking to expand that footprint. And I think the other thing is the research dollars, which typically dwarf, I mean, much larger than what you see on even the football uh, contracts. Um, Those are awfully big too. So the big 10 isn't trying just to win with TV screens. That's what the public sees. The the big 10 is trying to get in the front with research. They're already in front, but they're trying to get that lead extended even further and places like Stanford, Cal, uh, Washington, and maybe Oregon will make a big difference towards that objective as well as TV sets and sports being broadcast. Yeah. 10 schools remaining in the PAC 12 and the four you just mentioned, Cal, Stanford, Oregon, and Washington are all AAU schools. If you don't know what that is, certainly it's worth looking up if you really want to kind of dig into um, kind of some of the nuances and the, and the parameters. You're exactly right. And what's kind of spurning this right now? You, may, you might be saying, oh, wait a minute. Well, they just signed this billion-dollar deal with NBC and Fox and CBS. And, yeah, that's all done, and everyone all likes the money, but, but they're trying to get the streaming in there. Amazon is sifting around. They want a piece of it. And so the question right now and what Dodd is writing, and it makes a lot of sense, is says, well, look, if we can get Amazon on board for extra money, that way the 14 or the 16 schools in place right now – their shares don't change. If we get enough in from Amazon or some other streaming company that then would warrant, he can go to the Big Ten presidents and say, well, now I do want to bring these four in. As you can see, your cut's not going to be any less because they're going to get this money coming from streaming to get these four in. And I think it makes sense because just from a travel standpoint, all the non-rev sports, I know now it's not a big deal as it was 40 years ago. Uh, Technology has changed things, but it makes more sense to have more than just two schools in the Pacific time zone. If you do this, now you've got a, a division of six out there, if you will, and you can kind of, uh, it makes scheduling a lot easier. Yeah. And, and the other part that people forget about is, is how much money a research institution like Cal and Stanford bring in. So the, the big 10 presidents are looking at the whole picture. They're not just looking at TV revenue. And so their math is probably a little more complicated and there may be more at stake than people might imagine. Yeah, I was, I, I think that the travel aspect is going to be interesting as this goes through this guys, because I don't think we can do zoom calls and have basketball games in, in different locales. It's not going to work like it did with everything else. So, uh, no, I, I, I do wonder, I think adding those four is really, really important because I don't know how you 
the the minor sports are, are the ones that I worry about. Now, basketball, football, whatever. They'll travel. They've got lots of money. They bring in lots of money. But, you know, when you talk about baseball, softball, gymnastics, soccer, those types of things, swimming and diving, you, you aren't going to, they don't bring in the same revenue. So it's an expense they wouldn't want to add. So having a, you know, having a, you know, pods or whatever, however you want to say it, or groups where they play and then you bring them together to have like a, a conference championship, I think makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And, and I volunteer to cover. Somebody's got to take the bullet. I'll go to San Francisco and to LA to cover the games. I'm what committed. a guy. I know I'm You're committed. such a great guy. You are. I, I actually hope they add Hawaii then. Cause oh, I'm, I'm going I to volunteer. Co- <laughs> I'll cover those games. Let's see. AAU is Hawaii on this list. Let's look that up. Yeah. I like the way you think. Um, one of the thought here about Dodd, what he was saying is that he, he thinks, and I think that this makes a lot of sense. If you take those four schools from the PAC 12, add them to the big 10, uh, the big 12 then comes in and grabs, uh, the four other schools out there and they leave kind of Oregon state, Washington state, he thinks possibly could go to the mountain West, which at that point would be the largest FBS conference completely located in the mountain and Pacific time zone. So, um, and it's interesting to know as well, he said the Big Ten and the Big 12 share the same media rights consultant, a company named Endeavor. So it all kind of comes together. <laughs> yeah, there's always that. There's always the behind the scenes wrangling things we don't really know. And, you know, these little these little back channel and back alley uh, uh, meetings and uh, that are happening that you know, we don't know about. So, yeah, as we as it goes on, we'll get more and more info. Yeah, and, and it's it's fascinating. And I, I will give uh, Dennis Dodd some credit because he has written some of the better articles on this. He seems to understand it uh, a little bit better than a lot of uh, other journalists might. And uh, he's also plugged in. Yeah, he has been uh, all over it. You're right. And had a couple of articles this week that were really good. Uh, certainly encourage you to check those out. Um, but again, the bottom line, if you think Big Ten expansion is done, think again it's going to take a while it's not going to happen next week or next month um you know the piece that i wrote this summer um on aligniguys.com said by 2030 here's what you'll see and i still think that's going to happen before it's all done a college basketball season underway teams beginning their preseason practice this week we'll talk about that Coming up next. When life gets hectic, you need healthcare that's easy. You need OSF On-Call Urgent Care. With OSF On-Call Urgent Care, we make it easy to get affordable, quick, convenient care for minor illnesses and injuries when and where you need it. Walk in for care 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. every day, even on holidays. 24-7, 365 virtual care options means we're always on, just like you. Visit osfoncall.org slash urgent care to find a clinic near you or to start a virtual visit. Hi, this is Larry Smith, proud native of Central Illinois. It's been an honor to have reported on the world's biggest sporting events for the past three decades. And as a lifelong Illini fan, it's a privilege to now be with IlliniGuys.com. My friends and I put this together with one goal in mind, to have the best Illini-centric website around. Great features, podcasts, insider stuff. I know a little something about telling athletes stories, and these guys know a lot about the Illini. It's a perfect match. Come over and check it out. IlliniGuys.com. Are you tired of your website making your business look bad? Is your current web developer dropping the ball? Let's face it, if your website isn't making you money, it's broken. Let Neon Rain create a website that turns your visitors into customers. Neon Rain has worked with hundreds of businesses across North America, building custom websites and applications with modern designs that are easy to update and work well on mobile devices. They can do it for you too. What sets Neon Rain apart? 
They actually deliver on their promises. Call today for a free consultation, 303-957-3092. That's Neon Rain at 303-957-3092. Or visit them at neonrain.com. Attention travelers, next Tuesday a major hurricane will cause complete chaos throughout the city. Food, water, and phone service will be in short supply. There will likely be panic citywide. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Disasters don't plan ahead. You can. Talk to your loved ones about how you're going to be ready in an emergency. Don't wait. Communicate. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio. Right back here on the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. Uh, happy to be in October because, yes, for hoop fans, we are just that much closer to the start of basketball season. As we mentioned earlier in the hour, uh, preseason practice starting on Monday. It's an earlier start date. In fact, really kind of caught us off guard. Usually it's, it's October 15th. But they're already underway. Um, so we've talked a little bit earlier. We heard from uh, from from Coach Underwood. Um, let, let's do this. You you're the coach. You've got maybe the the deepest roster and maybe in Illinois basketball history. And five weeks to get them ready for the season. Uh, what do you do? How how do you attack this group uh, to get ready? Well, I think obviously the uh, the biggest thing they're going to focus on early is the, is the defensive side of the ball. They really Underwood really wants this team to be a great defensive team because they are so long and athletic. And you know, in his first opening practice uh, presser, he mentioned, you know, he thinks this can be possibly the best defensive team that he's coached, and which is saying something because they had some pretty good defensive teams. So this is, I think, that's where it starts, and get them in sync on that end of the floor and then figure out the other end of the floor as you go. Um, because you have a lot of guys who are, are offensively talented. And so you can, you, you don't maybe need to have the offense fully implemented in that first exhibition because you've got some talented guys just going to work on basic things, but defensively, they got to be full go. Got to be ready to roll to do different things to understand how they're going to defend and, and I think that's the that's the key over the next few weeks. That's what you're really going to focus on. Yeah, and I also think you know I know this is a little crazy, but you gotta you gotta make sure that they're able to play at the pace that Coach Underwood wants them to play at from a physical conditioning. Now, obviously, you've got Fletch, so you're you're way ahead of the game there. But you know you're looking at you know remember his offense that that he did at SFA is quite a bit different. They get up and down the court. They shoot within seven seconds. If there's an open shot, they play hard defense. Um, so these guys have to be ready from a conditioning standpoint. As it's become more with NIL and things, it's become more of a like professional, but it still has to be fun for these guys because they're still at that age where things need to be fun. And, and so they got to have some enjoyment. It can't just be a complete grind. They got to have a little fun off the floor and, and, uh, and together. And I think by doing those things that you can really create uh, some really nice chemistry um, on and off the floor. As we mentioned on Monday is uh, the five week mark this coming Monday, five weeks from then it's the home opener against Eastern Illinois at state farm center on Monday, November 7th. We will have a lot to talk about with this team and see where they're ranked. I, I think they can make the top 25 preseason. Not that it matters, but it's nice for bragging rights, but we'll see what um, the media people, if they're paying attention. Uh, back to football and a look at each Big Ten game this weekend is next on the Sports Spectacular. 
this is Brett Bielma, the Illinois head football coach, and you're listening to Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. Larry Smith, Mike Kegley, Brad Sturdy. It's week five of the college football season. You know, last week, guys, I was in Columbus for the Ohio State-Wisconsin game. Uh, just a tremendous atmosphere. And, man, do the Buckeyes have it rolling. 52-21, they were big winners over Wisconsin. Primetime game, you saw it, I'm sure. Uh, though Ryan Day was still calling downfield pass plays in the fourth quarter and up by 31 points. Uh, come on. Um, hey, by the way, if you're an Ohio State freshman football player, and it's October now, and you still don't know hotel protocol for road games because you haven't had one yet, five straight home games to start the season. This one this weekend is number five. Rutgers coming into Ohio Stadium where the Buckeyes haven't lost to a Big Ten foe since 2015. Ohio State opened the week as a 41-point favorite, and it would be an earth-rattling event if the Scarlet Knights could pull off this upset. Yeah, I think if the Buckeyes are able to get out of bed that morning, they'll be okay. I think that's <laughs> that's the key for them. Um, you know, now an intriguing game. You know, one of the one of the best teams in the Big Ten over the past you know 15, 20 years has been Wisconsin. They've been a, a staple at the top of the the Big Ten West there, and now they an Illinois team, kind of an upstart team that looks like they might be better than people thought. It goes into it goes into Madison to take on the Badgers, and the Badgers look very you know they they got rolled by Ohio State, but they've also they've lost two games, um, and, and they're a team that I think really needs this win. This sounds crazy, but I think Wisconsin really needs this win. If you if you look at all the message boards and talk about it, this Wisconsin fans are unhappy right now with their coach. Uh, on the other, so and of course the former Wisconsin head coach Brett Bielema, who led them to uh, uh, a couple of Rose Bowls back in the day, is coming to town. So if he's able to knock off Wisconsin at Wisconsin, um, he he may have a little. He may be able to spike the ball a little bit at the end of that game. Yeah, that that that's going to be a big game, and of course. Um, Michigan, uh, ranked number four, is going into Iowa City. So you have undefeated Michigan against the three and one Hawkeyes. But when you look at the Hawkeyes, they probably shouldn't be three and one. They're averaging 17 points a game. Um, thankfully, their defense only gives up 5.8 points a game, which is number one in the country. Um, but you got Michigan's offense, which is on an incredible roll. And right now, they they have they're really hitting their stride. So you're going to see one or the other is going to break. Either the the Michigan offense is going to get stopped, or the Iowa defense is going to get stopped. The interesting thing is is during Kurt Farron's career, Iowa has played nine times. This will be the ninth time they played a top five team in Iowa City. They are five and three against top five teams in Iowa city, we will see um, if they can pull off another victory. Uh, one of those victories was when they beat Michigan in 2016, when Michigan was number two. Now, personally, I think Iowa's in big trouble because that offense is broken, but we're, that's why they play the games. That's right. We'll see the young uh, JJ McCarthy, his first road start for the Wolverines. Uh, there at Iowa, a game I'm really looking forward to Purdue at Minnesota. The Gophers now in the top 25 first time this season at number 21. How about that defense? They've allowed only 24 points this entire season. Um, they just completely dominated Michigan state up in East Lansing, 34 to seven last week, but that defense just outstanding. And Minnesota's only a team that really wasn't talked about much 
um, they have a chance here if they can um, you know knock off Purdue at home to go two and zero and maybe become their front runner um, you know coming up here in in the Big Ten West. PJ Fleck uh, was uh, sharp dressed as always on Monday and his presser uh, certainly looks the part and uh, the team right now as well looks the part. Let's see if they can go five and zero. Yeah, they rode the boat all over that Spartan <laughs> squad, and uh, now the Spartan squad. You know, is Michigan State might be one of the biggest disappointments in the Big Ten at this point. I mean, they're they're an eight and a half point underdog at Maryland. The Maryland, on the other hand, one of the biggest surprises, positive surprises, maybe in the Big Ten after they competed uh, with Michigan a week ago. So uh, Michigan State, you know, really uh, they paid Mel Tucker a lot of money, a lot of dinero there to uh, to win. And, you know, it's very conceivable. They're going to be two and three. After this weekend, they're an eight and a half point uh, underdog. They really need to get things going both offensively and, and really defensively, too, because uh, Maryland with uh, baby Tua, the Tagovailoa, Tagovailoa, I don't know, I can't pronounce it still, but all I know is he's throwing a lot of yards. And so it's going to be difficult for uh, for them to win at Maryland, I think. Well, speaking of difficult to win on the road, Northwestern gets to go into number 11 Penn State. Um, Northwestern is on a three-game skid right now, losing to Duke, then SIU, Southern Illinois University, and then now Miami of Ohio, not Miami the U. So basically, uh, Northwestern's pass first. Um, Helensky's got you know 12, over 1,200 yards passing. The interesting thing is <laughs> Penn State has one stat that is amazing. They lead the country with 41 pass breakups. That is 16 better than the number two team. So I, I think it's going to be – I'm now curious is like, will Northwestern be able to pass the ball with any effectiveness against Penn State? And I'm very concerned with, with a uh, defense that's not very good against play, teams like SIU and Miami of Ohio that the Penn State offense may go into triple digits. So that is not a good look for Northwestern, I don't think. No, but if you, it could be worse than being Northwestern. You could be Nebraska, who lost to Northwestern. <laughs> so, so somebody had the to. Huskers. Somebody had to lose. The Huskers now host Indiana. It's interesting thing about this game is that Nebraska, despite being one and three against the Hoosiers, who come in three and one, um, Nebraska has already lost. You know some. Uh, you know, games to, you know, the Oklahoma loss is one thing. I think everybody thought that would happen, but they've lost Northwestern. They've lost to Georgia Southern, but they're favored against Indiana. They are a five and a half uh, point favorite on Saturday night at home against the Hoosiers. And the Hoosiers have a quality win over Illinois. Um, I know that, you know, they're coming off a terrible year, but I, I think Nebraska is favored in this game because Nebraska has a lot more talent. But for some reason, that Nebraska talent has not been able to you know, get it done on the field. And the week off, maybe they can kind of, you know, they found themselves last week uh, with the <laughs> time off and you know, new offensive or new defensive coordinator after giving up, uh, what, 600 yards or something, I think it was, to, to Oklahoma. So, yeah, changes there in Lincoln. Uh, first time this season that all 14 teams are playing at the same time and only playing each other, seven games on tap. Uh, give me your thoughts. Who has the most to gain? Who has the most to lose this weekend? Well, I think when it comes to mo most to gain, I, I think it is, you know, for me, I think it is Iowa has it the most to gain because Iowa is obviously been really good and they haven't been very good this year, but they looked a little better. And Kirk, 
obviously they're always they're always a competitive team. They have a chance to vault themselves up here um, if they can beat a Michigan team. Now, I think the most to lose for me, I think it's Wisconsin. If Wisconsin loses to Illinois at home, I think you're you're looking that you're starting. You may see the start of the end of the Paul Chris era as the Badgers head coach, because they're kind of the fans are have expectations now and, you know, that they didn't have, you know, 15 or 20 years ago. Yeah, and I'm looking at the team that most to, to to win. I really think that's Illinois because, you know, they have Wisconsin this week, next week, Iowa, the week after Minnesota. You need to put up – you need to beat two out of three of those teams, and the best way to start is to win the game this week. So um, that that would be the team, I think, that can really vault themselves – uh, up and and put themselves in position to challenge Minnesota, who is the is now the favorite out there, in my opinion. Um, the team with the most to lose, you know, when I look at it, I do think it's I do think it's the Badgers. They they really do. You've got a coach who, I think it's a little unfairly, but you got a coach who's in a little more hot water than what I really understand, um, and you have a fan base that does not expect their team to uh, be anywhere other than the top of the big 10 West. And, and they won't be there if they uh, manage to be upset by the Illini this Saturday. Yeah. Owen two West, not the way to start in a, in a Owen two start, I should say, uh, and not a good way to start uh, in the big 10 West. If you're Wisconsin and trying to uh, beat out the likes of uh, Minnesota, possibly Illinois, possibly Iowa will be ahead of you um, in that Western division. You know, as always, you can find pregame and postgame notes on BigSportsRadio.com. Stay with us. Back with more after this. You're tuned in to the Sports Spectacular on the Illini Guys Radio Network. At Busey Wealth Management, we're proud to partner with individuals, families, and foundations, ensuring possibilities become achievements. From preserving and enhancing your assets to securing your legacy for future generations, we're focused on your success. UC Bank, building business, growing wealth since 1868. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini, member FDIC. BigSportsRadio.com is a one-stop shop providing daily updates of your favorite Big Ten teams. Register today for free and get a chance to win weekly cash prizes. Details at BigSportsRadio.com. Illinois at Wisconsin, and I want to take a moment and give respect to former Wisconsin coach and later athletic director Barry Alvarez. Guys, listen to these numbers. In, In the 30 years before Alvarez took over the Badgers program, the Illini owned Wisconsin to the tune of 16 wins, seven losses, and one tie, 16, seven, and one. Since 1990, it's Illinois, seven wins, Wisconsin, 20 wins, and then one tie. Woo! Wow, that's, that's not good for Illinois there, is it? That's, a, that's kind of a bad thing. Wow, you put, it, put that in perspective. That's not ideal. Um, I, Barry Alvarez did a fantastic job with Wisconsin you know, followed up by other coaches like Brett Bielema who continued that um, tradition. I, yeah, I, I have m- much respect for what Alvarez did at Wisconsin and building that program up to a Big Ten powerhouse. Yeah, and I think the interesting thing is, is when you look at Illinois owned them 16 to 7 to 1, um, 
you have to remember that Illinois was one of the worst teams of the seventies and they still had that, that advantage. What the other thing I think is really interesting about this is the media is trying to make this about Bielema coming back to, uh, uh, Wisconsin. So it's almost like the Santa Claus song, you know, Bielema is coming to town, but Brett Bielema is resisting that and keeping it away from it. I think this is going to be an excellent game and I do have to give the the younger Bielema probably would have reveled in the the the, the storyline being about him. And now the older Bielema is more about how do we come out of this with a win? I think it's going to be a fascinating game come uh, Saturday. I would like to apologize to all the listeners for Mike singing. <laughs> I, I would definitely I apologize. I thought so. it was very Bruce Springsteen. Like, oh my goodness! Yeah, <laughs> something in your own mind. Yes, uh, of course. <laughs> That's how it sounds, you know, through these headphones. Yeah, yeah, good headphones, good quality stuff there. Uh, Bielema, of course, as you said, a part of that success as an assistant under, under Alvarez, and then of course his successor as head coach. Uh, he talked this week about the matchup, starting with that loud Camp Randall Stadium crowd. The good news is, kind of like when we went to Penn State in Minnesota last year, we knew we were walking into a hostile environment. Um, uh, Penn State has over 100, uh, I think 110,000 that we were walking into. Um, every stadium is a little bit different, but uh, we, we have been able to have success uh, at stadiums when we were the, uh, uh, you know, um, the uh, visitors. Um, so I know they've done that already. Um, Camp Randall is a unique stadium. It's it's very vertical, so it's very loud. Um, they've obviously redone the one end zone, so I'm excited to see that. I haven't seen it. Um, obviously, I haven't been back there. I've been in Madison uh, uh, twice uh, since I left, but never on the football field in this environment. I've never been in the visitor's locker room as a competitor. So, um, But there are a lot of things I learned about uh, our visitors that visited us when I was there that I've definitely shared with our team, and we're kind of working through those things this week uh, from, from everything from, you know, their locker room is all uh, 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 very light blue. Uh, um, it's not quite pink, but it's light blue. Uh, it's very nice. It's a big locker room, a lot of space, a lot better than I would say most of the majority of the Big Ten Conference visiting locker rooms. It's one of the better ones. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's a first-class uh, uh, stadium that, you know, should bring a lot of fun to, uh, to the kids to visit. Starts a stretch of four games in division. Uh, is that part of the talking point with the team at all, or is it kind of similar to what you were talking about last week with just the next team? Yeah, good point. Uh, so, you know, we, we've really kind of broken it down to the way the schedule laid out was we were going to play three games. One of those was going to be a Big Ten game, uh, take a bye week. Come back, play Chattanooga, then three divisional opponents, take a bye week, come back and play five Big Ten, uh, with a couple of those being the crossover uh, at the beginning and the end, like start with Nebraska and, and end with Northwestern. So um, however you want to dice it, we're through four, so we're a third of the way through the total number of guaranteed. Uh, but we do have a stretch run here of three teams that I think as you look at them in the Big Ten Conference, uh, a lot of people look at them as kind of the um, a more physical group of, of opponents that you'll play between you know Wisconsin, uh, Iowa, and Minnesota, all three back to back. So, um, but our guys really do just focus on. We have a one and zero mantra every week. We're just trying to do what we have to do to get through this week to get one and zero on Saturday, and and then we kind of reset the reset the focus. And and uh, our guys have really bought into that. I would imagine a lot of people are focusing on Chase as the nation's leading rusher, but do you get a sense that the other ten guys on offense take some pride in that, especially with the guys up front? I think our our, our team takes a lot of pride in how our guys play. Um, I saw a quote from uh, uh, Billstrom that that uh, somebody asked him in reference to you know how does it feel to block for Chase Brown, you know, and he made a reference. He said I expect him to pull off his 
shirt and so the Superman, right, at some point, and that's just uh, uh, Phil just be having some fun with the moment. He said, I love blocking for Chase Brown. I did make a point after the uh, Wyoming game, uh, you know, the very opening play, everybody made, uh, obviously, a, and, and deservedly so, that was Chase created that play. He made a guy miss in the background, bounce it, but it was really turned into a big play because of Alec Brown, or of uh, Pat Bryant straining down the field uh, to make a block, and I, and I just pointed out to them there, like, Every guy in offense, if you if you want to be the guy, right, that doesn't give that extra step, doesn't give that extra strain, doesn't give that extra second of, of blocking that allows him to maybe get by you or break an arm tackle, um, uh, it's going to show up on film. And, and uh, our guys take a lot of pride in that. I think any time he's in there, they feel he touches the ball, they have a chance to go to the distance. When you were away at Wisconsin, you had a bunch of them really good running backs. Looks like thinking of it. You got another one now. Just yeah. what do you think about this guy? You know, so um, one of the things that NFL teams like to do is they love to have comparisons, right? So I learned that when I was in the league. Like, you know, so this offensive lineman, who does he remind you of, right? And, and on this tight end, who does he remind you of? So I obviously naturally get the uh, comparison uh, Chase to any of my previous running backs. And, um, you know, I think he's a blend. Chase is his own unique animal. Um, uh, I've had very fortunate. I remember uh, playing in a Rose Bowl game where. Uh, my top four running backs eventually played in the NFL, first round draft picks, third round draft picks. Um, Chase has something that not a lot of guys have. Chase has uh, an incredible burst, so he can literally burst through a hole and show short area quickness. He also has long stride strength, right, which means he's long stride speed. He has the ability to pull away and create a big play. He has the ability to run through arm tackles, and he's a very physical back. And then the thing that Probably sets him apart than a lot of running backs I've had. He has truly does have third down value, where he can um, he can catch the ball really well. He can be used in protection. He can be used uh, uh, as a blocker in, in down the field schemes. So um, he's a very unique uh, prospect, and, and I mean this with all due respect. He's a good player right now, but he's getting better every game. You're going against a good one from Wisconsin too. Yeah. So what do you think about him? What's couple good ones. Um, yeah, I think, couple good ones. Yeah, Al's good. Um, I, I think um, uh, that they they've prided themselves on their ability to run the football, you know, and uh, he obviously ranks in the nation's best as well. So uh, we got a tremendous task out in front of us. Uh, it'll be our, um, by far our biggest test defensively uh, to play against them. And, um, you know, I, I like the uh, I like the idea of this game. It's a really a true, if you're truly a Big Ten fan, you're going to love watching this game. Um, I think we've made strides from where we were a year ago, but that's only going to be determined by what you see on the field. Yeah, you, you know, you, you, you don't want to be in the fourth, quarter have a tight game and Wisconsin rolling and they start playing that jump around and the next thing you know it's the stadium shaking and it's it's not a it's not a great place to be on the road uh and try and win uh down the stretch yeah the Illini are going to have their work cut out for them uh, you know they're capable of winning this game and I think it all comes down to you know does Jim Leonard come back and put together the type of game plan that he's famous for after literally having his defense shredded like tissue paper in the first quarter by Ohio state. <laughs> we'll stay with us. Matt Stevens of Illiniguys.com joins us to break it down. That's next on the sports spectacular. Are you tired of your website, making your business look bad? Is your current web developer dropping the ball? Let's face it. If your website isn't making you money, it's broken. Let neon rain, create a website that turns your visitors into customers. Neon rain has worked with hundreds of businesses across North America, building custom websites and applications with modern designs that are easy to update and work well on mobile devices. They can do it 
for you, too. What sets Neon Rain apart? They actually deliver on their promises. Call today for a free consultation, 303-957-3092. That's Neon Rain at 303-957-3092. Or visit them at neonrain.com. Darren Bailey isn't popular with the political establishment of either party because he's from the real world. I'm proud to be a family farmer. We fix things that are broken. We solve problems and we grow things. Like you, Bailey knows what hasn't worked. Decade after decade of mismanagement in Springfield, back-to-back billionaire governors, and where has that gotten us? High taxes, high unemployment, and high crime rates. How much worse does it have to get before we give a practical problem solver a try? Paid for by people who play by the rules pack. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio. Uh, after the timeout, talking Illinois at Wisconsin, and Brad is still ears still ringing from uh, Kegley singing there before the commercial break. Um, Illinois, Wisconsin, 11 a.m. kickoff on Big Ten Network. Matt Stevens of the Illini Guys is now here in Madison uh, Forest and uh, joins us now with more. Uh, Matt, let's talk about the, this matchup right now. Illinois uh, looking to to make some noise, and what a big signature win this would be if they can get a victory uh, here in Madison. Yeah, I, I think that the winner of this game basically dictates, you know, who is going to challenge Minnesota. I think for for the Big Ten West supremacy and who's going to represent the Big Ten West in Indianapolis in a few months. I think that that's how big this game really is. Uh, and and um, I, I think if Illinois can get it then you've got some home games against Illinois, Iowa and Minnesota that you can potentially feel pretty good about. And uh, I, I just think from a program building standpoint, this would certainly be the, the pinnacle win for Brett Bielema at this point. And we keep saying that week after week now after the Virginia game and then getting to 500 was big at eight and eight now. And I think that getting this signature win on the road against a big 10 West supremacy type opponent like Wisconsin would go a long way to, to this year two rebuild that Brett Beal was trying to do. Matt, is there, you know, I kind of look at this, you know, we obviously follow Illinois closely, but sure. my, my question with Wisconsin is what, what's wrong? I mean, because they, they just haven't looked like the same Wisconsin team that we've seen in the past. And so what's the difference this year? We know they have a great defensive coordinator in Jim Letter. Everybody respects him. But they, Ohio State looked like they didn't have a defense. It was almost like they were playing in, you know, a seven-on-seven passing league. Yeah, the first, I mean, I'm not trying to make excuses for Wisconsin, but, Brad, the first part of your answer is, is that they played Ohio State in the end of – at the end of – or, the yeah, the end of September. You know, I mean, um, Wisconsin typically, even under Barry Alvarez, stubbed their toe in non-conference play against somebody usually and ended up somehow in a January one bowl game and usually pretty, winning some Big Ten games that nobody really thought that they were going to win. The difference is, is that, you know, they, they played Ohio State in, in Columbus at the end of September. And now everybody thinks that they're they're really, really vulnerable. And they very well may, may be on the offensive side of the ball, especially in the past game. I think their run game is still about as good as anybody in the league. Um, but with Graham Mertz still not showing what he showed out of high school um, and, and out of these rivals camps that I actually saw him at when he went before he arrived in, in Madison, um, I, I think that they, they are still struggling to be a balanced offense. But, yeah, I think defensively they're fine. Jim Leonard has trouble with Ohio State simply because I think from a physicality standpoint, it gets to a point where he, he doesn't have the same kind of athletes that, you know, 
uh, Ryan Day has on offense. And that's really the all honest to God truth of it is because they like to be physical and they like to play man. And that's just not going to work against CJ Stroud and the amount of weapons he has on the outside against Ohio state. So I'm interested in seeing how through October and November, maybe Wisconsin can write itself. And, and I think that they feel like this is certainly the game to get them back on track to do that in um, with the historical success that they've had against Illinois. Matt, how important is it for Pat Bryant to back up his, his emergence game with a similar style game as Illinois goes up against this very formidable Wisconsin defense? With the amount that I know that Jim Leonard, again, likes to play press man coverage, especially on the outside and really trust his corners, Pat Bryant's going to get an opportunity to definitely show what he can do. And if Barry Lunny feels good, as good about the, that RPO stuff that they ran against Chattanooga, if he, if he likes to break it out even more against Madison, I think Pat Bryant's going to see some one-on-one stuff where you could see those, those post routes and those corner routes to the middle of the field to where you get him the ball, break a tackle, and suddenly now you got a 35, 40-yard gain out of an eight-yard route, you know? And so I think that's where Pat Bryant likes to live. He needs to be the complement to Isaiah Williams in the slot and where when how Barry Lenny wants to get him the football. But if, if Illinois is going to win this football game and score enough points against Jimmy Leonard's defense that they're going to have to have to win, they're going to need a balanced attack, and Tommy DeVito is going to have to have some of his friends step up. Over the last couple of weeks, it's been Pat Bryant. I think he needs to have another spectacular performance and, and has the opportunity to do that because I think he's become one of the trusted wide receivers of Tommy DeVito's repertoire quickly as they've entered this first month of the year. I've got time to get in one last question to you, sure. Matt, about 60 seconds. Um, what you've seen with Illinois um, so far here in the, in the first four games with three and one, uh, the fans at Illinois upset. They feel like it should be 4-0. They were the better team against Indiana, but they came up short in the end. Um, does this team now have what it takes to compete in these next three crucial weeks, as Mike mentioned, with Wisconsin and then at home against Iowa and Minnesota in three consecutive weeks? We'll have an idea of where this team is after this stretch. There's no doubt about that. I think if Illinois' offense can put up somewhat, something in the 20s in all three of these weeks, I think this coaching staff feels like that they have an opportunity to win all three ball games. And, and I think that the, I think the biggest test is going to be this Saturday, believe it or not, in, in Madison. I, I actually think this coaching staff feels like they have, they have Minnesota pegged for what they want to do offensively, and they specifically have Tanner Morgan pegged for what he wants to do offensively. And Iowa's offense has not scared anybody in the country all year long. So they feel like their defense is going to be fine, and they can, if they can put up 20 points, they'll be fine. But they'll. Uh, but if they can put up something in the twenties, maybe the high twenties for three straight weeks against these Big Ten West opponents, I think they feel like they've got a legitimate shot to pull off three victories. Interesting stretch. Okay, Matt Stevens, football writer and analyst for IlliniGuys.com, uh, leading our pre and post game coverage. Matt, thanks and enjoy the game. Not a problem. Have a good one, guys. All right, appreciate it. We'll take a look around college football and the NFL coming up next. You're tuned in to the Sports Spectacular on the Illini Guys Radio Network. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio. Remember when the SEC West was Murderer's Row? It seemed like everyone was ranked. Well, the SEC East is telling them, uh, hold my beer. Three teams in the top 10 this week after Tennessee jumped up following their win over Florida. Vols are off this week, but interesting matchup. Number seven, Kentucky at 14th ranked Ole Miss. 
Uh, Lane Kiffin has the Rebs at 4-0, but all out of conference at 42-35 win over Tulsa last week, uh, closer than they would like in Oxford. Suffice to say, Ole Miss hasn't faced a team like Kentucky yet this year, and the Wildcats get star running back Chris Rodriguez off suspension, uh, UK going in as a six-point favorite in this one. Yeah, that's a good, that's an interesting matchup. I, I I'm a big I think Lane Kiffin's done a fantastic job there at Ole Miss, and I think but Stoops did a great job at Kentucky too. So this is a this is a matchup of kind of which team is going to be the up and comer. I, I think in the SEC, I think the teams that, that one of these two teams can maybe elevate themselves to get up to that to that next level and and move into the upper echelon of the SEC. Um, now I have in the in the ACC. There's an interesting matchup. You got number 10 and number five, NC State at Clemson. Obviously, Clemson is the name team. They're a team in the top five, um, you know, and and they are, you know, they've got a ton of talent. They're always recruiting one of the top five recruiting classes year after year. They haven't been, you know, maybe they, they had a tough game last week. They had to pull out in overtime, but I, I don't know how good either one of these teams are. Like, I mean, I think they're both really good teams but I'm not sure either one of them are a top five team or a top 10 team at the end of the day. Maybe Clemson is, but if NC state wins this one, you're going to see them get a lot of credibility and move up and have a great chance to run the table and and maybe get into a college football playoff uh, with a win over Clemson. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, that looks like a good game. Uh, Looking at Oklahoma state and Baylor, I think we're really getting into like a, a kind of a grudge match here, you know, um, Oklahoma State 3-0, Baylor 3-1. But last year, uh, Oklahoma State won in their regular season matchup uh, at at home. And then Baylor won in the Big 12 championship game. Uh, So there's a little bit of a a thing there. And, of course, um, Spencer Saunders, the quarterback of Oklahoma State, had four interceptions in that Big Big 12 championship game. So I I really think that – He's going to be gunning uh, for Baylor, and and I wouldn't be surprised to see Oklahoma State uh, win on the road. And and winning at Baylor is not an easy thing, but but they've got a lot of motivation on the, that. I think it's in their side of the court. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, you know, I mentioned the SEC earlier. The Beasts are big favorites this weekend. Number one, Georgia at Mizzou. Number two, Alabama gets its first ranked foe at number twenty. Arkansas, the tied favored by more than two touchdowns in Fayetteville. And here's a little trivia for you. Anyone want to guess how many times Alabama and Georgia have met in the regular season since Nick Saban arrived in Tuscaloosa back in 2008? I, I do not want to guess because I don't know. Wanna two. Someone out there? Only two? Four. Uh, actually, four times. Four yes. times. That's it. Yes. In, in what? <laughs> 14 years? I mean, Come on. All right. Yeah, those those schedule makers ought to figure out what the lottery numbers are at that rate. <laughs> exactly. It's like you'd think they would have a few more times. Well, yeah. Like, yeah, whatever. Uh, week five in the NFL. What games are you guys watching? Look, I, you know, I'm telling you what, when it comes down to the NFL, uh, for me, Buffalo and Baltimore is the game of the week because you've got the two great quarterbacks going at one another. And Buffalo has been horrendous in games decided by less than a touchdown. They are they 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 either blow teams out or they or they lose close games. 
So I am really looking to see how that game goes. And of course, everybody in the NFL has their eyes on Chicago and New York. I'm sorry, that was wrong. <laughs> but I think the Chiefs and Tampa Bay are the game, the other game that people just, I mean, you know, you got Tom Brady, obviously, you know, Pat Mahomes, the storylines just write themselves. Um, those two games for me will be, um, you know, two that I will be glued to. Uh, next Sunday. Another game that's very interesting to me. How about the Jacksonville Jaguars at two and one? That's like a that's like a year's worth of wins already, and they're going <laughs> into Philadelphia. And, and Philadelphia is good. Um, is Philadelphia is good? I mean, how about that, Jalen Hurts? I mean, legit, right? So, I mean, I, I think those are those are a couple other games that are going to be uh, intriguing to watch on Sundays. Yeah, you, you took my game. That was the one that who thought that those two, like you said, Jaguars two and one, Eagles three and oh, uh, Jalen Hurts coming in as a guy that, you know, gets pushed out of Alabama, right? By Tua, uh, goes to Oklahoma, is a Heisman, you know, candidate, right? Uh, there after uh, Mayfield and uh, Kyler Murray. Uh, what, I think a third round pick with Philly? You know, they, they boot Wentz to, uh, to bring him in and, and, and he's been outstanding. Uh, three and zero for the Eagles and and the Jaguars. I think Trevor Lawrence. The best thing happened to Trevor Lawrence was getting Urban Meyer out of town. Um, I'm not sure outside of Alex Smith has Urban Meyer has he developed an NFL quarterback? And, and Tim Tebow doesn't count. Tim Tebow, fantastic guy, never should have been a first round pick, right? He destroyed, but he destroyed Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow threw for four thousand yards in high school and then gets under Urban Meyer's tutelage and can't throw it three feet. I, I don't know how he does that to guys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but to my point, exactly. So <laughs> yeah. I, I think the best thing that ever happened for Trevor. He threw Lawrence, that jump pass though, Mike. Yeah, he, he had did. a jump the, pass. The yeah, Brett, jump it pass was the Brett Favre jump pass thrown by <laughs> Tim Tebow. Most exactly. Most hyped college football freshman ever. I, I thought maybe he was like Vern Lundquist, like godson or something, because it was that that was a game I'll just tell you a quick story I was out with my family at the park didn't watch the game came in at the end I had to, had to go on air that night and just saw the end of the game video melt and it was all Tebow and it was the, it was the jump pass at home against LSU I went online and and leak the starter threw for two and a and a quarter and two touchdowns I'm like really I mean okay don't get me started anyway Tim's a good guy but yeah but the Jaguars um uh, happy for Trevor Lawrence. Um, what a great career he has had. And, and I think that's something too. And then you mentioned as well, um, bears and giants, how are they both two and one? Like really uh, the, the worst two and one teams in the league. Um, earlier I saw the over under was like 39 on that. Like 39. <laughs> Well, the bears are very successful when, when the, they complete eight passes. So I think that's their magic number. Exactly. So, oh my goodness. All right. Well, let us pay some bills and then the conversation continues after this. At Busey Bank, we understand you have a vision for your future and we're committed to helping you achieve your dreams. Since 1868, we've invested in recruiting and retaining the best and brightest associates. Busey's unique culture is one that values and supports you, provides opportunities for growth, and it's much more than a job. It's a career. Build relationships, build community and build your career at Busey Bank. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Join BigSportsRadio.com and get a chance to win cash each week. BigSportsRadio.com keeps you in the know with the latest news of your favorite Big Ten teams 
and gives you five chances each week to win a $100 cash prize. Sign up today for free at BigSportsRadio.com. Let's talk some more Illini basketball here with the Kedrick Prince. He's got the 10-gallon hat back in the lasso in hand, so it means he means business. Ked's Recruiting Roundup. He also has a podcast by the same name that you can find wherever you get your podcasts and also on the front page of IlliniGuys.com. Hey, Ked, uh, really big prospect, a uh, guard that was on campus last week, class of 2023. Tell us about this kid. Well, real quick, uh, Larry, I mean, this kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, Brad and I talked earlier um, on, on, on the radio show that we thought Illinois was going to be done, but they you know, were able to get in with uh, Drayvon Gibbs Lawhorn, a six-foot-one guard who's originally from Lafayette, Indiana, um, and, you know, he visited Illinois last weekend and, um, you know, I guess lo and behold, I mean, we shouldn't be surprised because they're, they've made themselves different. They put themselves in, on a pedestal when it comes to recruiting. And, you know, this kid is special. I mean, he really is at one point in time, you know, uh, he was a five-star recruit. I talked to his dad, Ben Gibbs, and, and they loved the visit. The visit was special. Um, Illinois, I think it was going into a neck and neck, um, Larry, and I think they put themselves ahead of Memphis. And to be honest with you, I don't even know if Memphis is going to get a visit or if they are, it hasn't been scheduled yet. Uh, Illinois rolled out the red carpet for this kid and he's just extremely talented. And I know they need another guard because we don't know what Sky Clark's going to do. If he's there next year, it'd be great. But also he, it's nice to have another high quality point guard in the class or on that team. Yeah, it's a, he's at uh, Montverde down in Florida now, and he's playing. So he's going to play with an elite schedule, play with some elite talent. Um, so he's a kid who really can score the basketball. I got a chance to watch him play, and he can uh, shoots it well from deep. He can get to the basket. He uh, can run the point. He handles it. He's athletic. Um, reminds me, you know, he was committed to Purdue at one time, and he reminds me a lot of some of those uh, Purdue guards, you know, a Carson Edwards type maybe uh, from back in the day. So this is uh, this is a guy that Illinois really wants, and they covet. And we've seen um, when they, they've really gone all in on these guys, whether it's uh, the, the foreign kid, you know, Jeff Alexander with connections with Zachary Perrin and uh, Chester Fazer with Imani Hansberry, and now Tim Anderson with, um, with Draven Gibbs Lahorn, they get, they've gotten these guys they've really gone hard after. So I would expect them to be in a really good position and have a great chance of, of landing him at the end of the day. And, and also, you know, to, to be honest with you, if you look at the quality of guards that they put on the floor, you know, with, uh, Io DeSumo, who's a scoring guard, and now you, who's a five-star guard. Adam Miller was a, a four- or five-star guard, even though he transferred. And then you bring in Crabello, and then now you bring in a five-star guard and, and Sky Clark, who originally committed to Kentucky. That tells you an awful lot of the quality of guards that they have. And Brad, you talked about him as a player. I mean, he can score. And that's, you know, if you look at the Purdue guards, you know, that's kind of what they look at. And he's a a little bit better, I don't want to say better score, but I think he's more polished coming out of high school than Carson Edwards was. I just really, really like his game. And I think, you know, fitting in the Illinois system, talking to his father, um, you know, Ben again, he just said the bottom line is Illinois has everything that he has to offer. And, you know, we all know who Adam Fletcher is, and that's a big component to why he's visiting is this whole big thing with Adam Fletcher. So that is huge. Boy, Larry. Yeah, Larry, we got to mention that Ben Gibbs, of course, played at EIU. 
That's Eastern right. Eastern Illinois University. That's so. right. That's a little, right. little connection. That's right. He's an AU Panther. So another reason why we like him, why we need to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly right. Um, let me get this question into you guys really quick. Is that the big difference in recruiting now from before? Is that there's some, you've got some proof that what you're doing works um, and, and not just on the basketball court, but also in the strength and conditioning with Fletch. And, and, and I, I, I don't know the, the S&C guy for any other program. Like I never hear him talked about, like like Fletch has, has talked about. Uh, but it sounds like when when this staff decides that there's a player they really want and they go all in, they're betting almost a thousand. I, I you guys know better than than I do. You follow this. You're much closer to the program than I am. But it seems like that when they really want a kid, an Io or a Kofi, or or a Hansberry or a Parent, um, when they really want a kid and go all in like that, they land him. Brad Underwood told all of us in the press conference, if you guys remember. The first year was his, will be the toughest year because he was selling dreams to people. You know, people had to see what he was going to be about. What he did at Oklahoma State wasn't going to be the same thing at, at Illinois. So now once he, he established himself and, you know, his identity and an everyday guy, it is easier to recruit. It's easier to recruit. And, Larry, I have to be honest. I, you're right. I don't know of a school in the country and we all follow sports where a guy like Adam Fletcher is a big reason. I mean, why a kid wants to come to school there. I talked to Sky Clark's dad multiple times. And I mean, his number, his words to me, 40% of the reason they committed to Illinois was because of Adam Fletcher, because of what he can do and the, and the preparation that he can give these kids. So that's just another reason why Ben likes him just because the visit he said was just remarkable and what Illinois did was they hit it out of the park. So, and Adam was great. And just the whole environment and also the practice or the, you know, not practice, I guess, you know, the, the workouts, he came away impressed. He was impressed with how everybody was treated the same. And Underwood, did, his word, didn't care if you're a four-star, five-star kid. Everybody was treated the same. Either you work hard and you play. If you don't, you don't. And some parents like that, and they did. All right. Ked's Recruiting Roundup. Kedrick Prince, thanks so much. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. All right. There he goes. 10-gallon hat. Again, catch Ked's recruiting round up the podcast on IlliniGuys.com. He is the director of recruiting for IlliniGuys.com. Let's get that in. She is the Illini gal, Adalia McKenzie, up next on The Sports Spectacular. Slow down, they say. You're getting older. Relax. Seriously, you're on a mission. You've got places to go, grandkids to see. At OSF Healthcare, we want you to be the best you possible. Whoever you are, wherever you're going, whatever your mission is, we're here to support it. Because that's our mission. Your life, our mission. Learn more at osfhealthcare.org slash your way. We all make more than 35,000 decisions a day. Most are small, but some can be life-changing. When it comes to taking care of yourself, the most important choices can be hard to make. Like having a tough conversation instead of ignoring a buddy's call. Or being there for support, not assuming things will just get better. Make the decision to be there for the veterans in your life, for your community, for yourself. 
Learn more at BeThereForVeterans.com. Are you tired of your website making your business look bad? Is your current web developer dropping the ball? Let's face it, if your website isn't making you money, it's broken. Let Neon Rain create a website that turns your visitors into customers. Neon Rain has worked with hundreds of businesses across North America, building custom websites and applications with modern designs that are easy to update and work well on mobile devices. They can do it for you too. What sets Neon Rain apart? They actually deliver on their promises. Call today for a free consultation, 303-957-3092. That's Neon Rain at 303-957-3092. Or visit them at neonrain.com. This is Jack Trudeau, the all-time leading passer for the Illinois Fighting Illini, here on the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. I uh, bet you thought we forgot. We didn't. The Illini gal, you know, she's, you know, studying. She's now practicing. She's getting ready for games. She's leading her fighting Illini women's team. Adalia McKenzie is here, the Illini gal. Hey, practice started on Monday. So what? how do things go this week? It actually started Wednesday. Oh, but I jumped ahead. I've been way off all week long. But okay. <laughs> Larry's still upset about Tim Tebow. Ten years of counseling was down the drain when we talked Larry, about Tim Larry, Tebow. Larry had a tie on on Monday as well. So <laughs> to him, it's the same day. Okay. It's really Makes a, a Groundhog Day. All Every right. day. So, so we'll start this again. Hey, preseason <laughs> practice started on Wednesday. How did it go? It went well. Um, you know, it was the first day, so it wasn't like, super amazing it was kind of like you know getting back to the flow of things and like you know it was like two and a half hours so we usually go at just an hour so it took a lot of focus and stuff but it went well though we did a lot of good stuff yeah well and and most importantly larry larry forgot to mention it's derby days week you know so uh you know so there's a lot of a lot of activities on campus that you know, old people like us don't get to do anymore. But so Adelia would never take part in any of that stuff because yeah. she's got basketball practice, right? So yeah, I, I, I basketball kicks off. You get your first practice. Is there when you go into this first day of practice, like real practice? I mean, you've had the hour workouts and you know, things. Is there like a little bit of? I mean, what is it? Excitement, nervousness? What's what's it feel like heading into that first day of practice? Especially, it's your first day of practice with a new head coach as well it's more of excitement like I was ready and just excited like with the new team and coaches like we're like day a day closer to our first game but um I wasn't nervous because you know like I've been there before you know got the freshman jitters out of me but I was really excited is it a relief to for all the talking to be over and now it's just what you do on the court that matters Yes. Yes. It's really a relief. And, and, it's just and what, like, what, what do you plan to do on the court? I'm just curious. What do you mean? Well, like, what, you know, you've talked a lot about how you've set goals for yourself. So mm-hmm. now you've got this period of time between now and the first game. What are you, what do you, what, what is the Dahlia going to be better at? And, and how, you know, when the games start. I'm going to be, I'll say more efficient. I feel like last year with like, let's say scoring and 
taking certain shots, I feel like this year my IQ will be better and my shots will be more efficient and effective. Like, you know, higher yeah. field goal percentage, higher three-point percentage. Just a lot of buckets. <laughs> That's good. And the best defender on the court. There we go. Yeah, I like that. I like that. You know, I mean, I mean, first off, I was a horrible athlete. I was so unathletic, not athletic, you name it. Um, I was always the last pick um, at everything. But but I was always mad this time of year that I wanted to I wanted to do better than last year. I was never satisfied. And mm-hmm. this, that was I never got satisfaction because I was I was so bad. But but when you get this, this time, <laughs> he was the only kid who didn't get picked early who had a tie. You know, just, <laughs> he didn't get. It was so hard to play sports in a tie. He had a sports <laughs> yeah. with a tie on. Yeah. He's out there trying to dribble. Well, you know, oh, Brad, you, you knew Smith. it meant. You knew he meant business, Brad, when he took off the vest. <laughs> he just went with a, with a tie and a suit. There you go. Then, then if, he he loosened, if he loosened, if he undid the top button, you were like, whoa. Oh, he's serious now. Uh-oh. We're oh, tapping man. out right now. We don't want to see this. <laughs> Wait till you're right. But no, are you, I mean, at this point, I mean, again, is it, is there, is there a fire and, and, and anger that you want to come back and, and not just, I mean, every single day show that the, the teams that, that beat you last year and, and it was such a tough season to come back and kind of, in a way prove everyone wrong that this this program is better than what it's shown on the court yeah it's I, I would say I like personally I have a lot of anger build up because oh I've heard so many times I'm like people not thinking we're going to be good they keep asking if we're going to be good people saying like you know you really want to get in the past and it's just like man like I believe so much in like coaches vision and like the principles and just like what we want so like we're gonna be better. Just there's no question, you know. I'm gonna show them. Maybe I should wear a tie. <laughs> no, don't, don't, don't adapt. Ad- ad- it didn't work for Larry. <laughs> they- <laughs> athletically, gonna- athletically. First- Maybe we need to get some Illini guys uh, sports spectacular shirt and ties, you know, for people to have, and Adelia can wear that kind of promote the brand. Yeah. Warm-ups. <laughs> and warm-ups, that's right. Uh, What's up with the tie? I don't know. She goes in this radio show and she wears it. It's like a good luck tie. I don't know. Always yeah. <laughs> if she starts using a radio voice, hello, this is Larry Smith. Then we'll know <laughs> that she's like really serious. And so the mustache like, on her upper lip. We, a, little, we, a little light mustache. <laughs> right, yeah, we don't do that. <laughs> oh, my. All right. Well, Adalia, we are uh, going to let you get back to class. We are excited that uh, practice begins. We can't wait to to see you play. And we encourage everyone else to get out there and support the Fighting Illini women's team this year. Um, just so much excitement around the program. And um, we get excited. We get a chance to talk to you every week. So good luck and have a great weekend. And we'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Thanks, All right. She is Adalia McKenzie. She is the, again, star sophomore guard and one of the leaders of this Fighting Illini women's team. Uh, we had Shauna Green on the new head coach earlier um, in, in this fall. And so, again, there's just so much excitement. Can't wait to uh, follow them all through the season. You know, unfortunately, we can't wait for next week's show because this one is over. We appreciate all of our guests coming in. Once again, it's gone by way too fast. But for everyone here, uh, thanks for uh, joining us right here. Illini in Wisconsin. Be sure to check out IlliniGuys.com for all of your pregame and postgame reports.
Uh, all right. Until next time, we'll see you right back here at the same station at the same time. ILL. I and I. Nice. Perfect. <laughs> I and I. This I has been I. a presentation of LMBC Sports, LLC, and JM Talent Productions. We'll be back next week on the Illini Guys Radio Network on these same stations across Illinois.